Thanks for joining me. This is April with Eyes for the Road. Tonight I have a really special episode called Iconic American Scenics, Olson House, Cushing, Maine. There are scenic destinations, places that have inspired artists, painters, and photographers for centuries. Places that we may not even understand why we're drawn to them. And places that... If you've seen a piece of artwork viewed an image in a magazine, you want to go capture that. You want to be in that location. There are images that are kind of become part of the collective imagination, kind of collective souls, as we should say. This location in Cushing, Maine, the Olson House, drew Andrew Wyeth as a source of inspiration for over 30 years. Christina, the young woman in the painting, was a real person. She lived there with her brother. So this year happens to be Andrew Wyeth, the painter's, would have been his 100th birthday. So there's a lot of buzz. There's a series of postage stamps that have been released. The Farnsworth Art Museum in Rockland, Maine is celebrating Andrew Wyeth's birthday with an incredible selection of varying art displays, including a pretty thorough photography exhibit specifically on the Olson House. So tonight I have four special guests that we'll listen to. The first one is Tillman Crane who is a fine art photographer, teacher, and platinum printer. Very interesting, very timeless, haunting images he creates, and I'm excited to have you listen to him about his his exploration of the Olson house. He happened to be the first one to obtain the keys when the Farnsworth purchased the home, and he was the first to have access and photograph the home inside. Just as Andrew Wyeth may have viewed the home and the hillside from inside, Tillman was able to photograph and spend time alone with the house and the location. Once we finish hearing from Tillman, we will speak with Christopher Brownowell, who's the current director of the Farnsworth Art Museum in Rockland, Maine. And the Farnsworth, as I mentioned, is celebrating Andrew's 100th birthday this year with a wonderful photography exhibition on the Olson House. So we'll hear from Christopher. And then thirdly, I have Christina Baker-Klein. Christina shares the same first name as Christina, the young woman in the iconic painting. And also Christina grew up in Maine, close to the land. Many similarities between the young woman in the photograph, the location, all of it. So Christina was drawn to write a novel. The novel kind of bounces back from weaving true factual information with what we'd like to know. We'd like to know more about Christina, the frail young woman in the painting that we're not sure why she's on that hill, why she's staring up at that large foreboding home, that three-story home on the hill. And last, we will catch up with Rayette. Rayette leads Wyeth's By the Water. I took one of their tours a few years ago, and what they do is take you out in a wonderful lobster boat, authentic lobster boat, and view from the water what the artists were painting, even seeing the Olsen house from the water. So come along, take a take a seat, and hope you'll enjoy tonight's episode of Iconic American Landscapes, the Olson House. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. So what originally drew you to the Olson House? How did that? Uh, well, one, living in Maine, you obviously, you, you know, Andrew Wyeth and his work, is again in the collective unconscious that it's there it permeates everything um and i knew people at the farnsworth and they actually needed some postcard pictures and so i agreed to shoot some color postcards some color by five transparencies for them so that they could use postcards and that they gave me access to it one the first winter they owned it so one winter i essentially had the key and could go in anytime I wanted and photographed. And then over the years, 
I've known various docents or curators who, who've run the place and they've let me come in. You know, a good friend of mine was a docent and he would be willing to stay an hour after they were supposed to close and, okay. and let me photograph. Um, and, and that's, you know, that sort of thing. So, and then around, I can't remember 2007, eight, maybe nine, we did a series of workshops there where we would photograph in the morning from, from seven to 11, they were open 11 to four. So we'd photograph 11 to seven and four to six. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the day, we would then have our critiques. Um, and they're, they've now cut down access to it pretty much. And this is the first workshop that's been done in the Olson house in four or five years. They still will let people go through with cameras when they're open to the public, but no tripods, no monopods. Um, and it, it's, they, they run into the typical thing that most museums do short, you know, how do you ask somebody to stay an extra two hours? Right. So some photographer can go in and make some photographs when, you know, they've got a life, you know, the, okay. the people, the, and so they've shifted from, from volunteer staff to paid staff and become a more professional museum. And it, it's certainly the best thing for the, for the house and for the museum and, and for everything. It just, you know, makes it a little harder to get into, which makes this, this workshop on Andrew Wyeth's hundredth birthday really, really special. Yeah, it does. What an opportunity. Yeah. So what do you feel? You uh, when I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Pardon? No, go ahead. I was going to say when the first time I went and photographed in there, it was completely empty. Christina and Alvaro had died. One died in December of 69 and the other in January of 70, I think. Yeah. They died a month apart, but different. Yeah, I think it's 69 and 70. And various people owned the house for the next 20 years. Um, and I'm not sure what went on, who did what during that 20 year period. But in about 1990 or 91, John Scully bought the house and some of the prop, all the property and gave the house and the cemetery and some of the land to the Farnsworth museum. So, so they could protect it. So when I went in, in, November of 91, 90 or 91, they had just had, they had sold everything that was in there and there were still tags hanging on picture hooks saying, you know, what had been there and it was completely empty. And over the years they've been able to bring back, they brought back Christina's crib. They brought back the stove that was in the, in the house when Christina was alive. Um, and they brought back some other artifacts that, that are, original to the house. Oh, wonderful. Um, so it's, it's been interesting for me to, you know, pictures I could make 25, 25, 27 years ago. I can't make anymore because the stove's in the way or, you know, something else is, mm-hmm. is going on. Um, and, and, you know, hats off to the Farnsworth. They have done a terrific job on keeping this, this house, Upright, you know. There's nothing harder than keeping something in what's called an arrested state of decay. Right. You know, everybody wants to see it the way it was when Andrew painted it. Well, he painted it over 30 years. Yeah. And with rags in the window, and you know, you got to put windows in. You got to put fire suppression in. You got to put electricity. You got to put a toilet in it. Right. You know, for the visitors. So, you know, I, I have a profound respect for the Farnsworth and and what they're doing, trying to keep this this building vital so do you remember your experience the first time you went in what it felt like or it was eerie and cold (laughs) there was no heat um and it was truly eerie the windows rattled when the wind blew and maine in november december january february is cold um and so it was almost like christina's icy breath was on my neck um, but it, it was, it was eerie. Um, and you know, more than one time I left earlier than I had originally planned to leave, just feeling, uh, I think it's time for me to leave. Okay. <laughs> and I would take off. Interesting. Um, yeah. so if you believe in the spirit of places, then there was certainly something going on there. 
I, th- I think I think I do sense that with the number of photographers and painters and creatives that continue to seek seek it out to visit. Well, it's it's a great it's a great place to photograph because it's large windows and small rooms. And up on the third floor, it's really unique because in the afternoon, the floors are, are polished. They're wood, and, and I don't know whether they actually put polish on them or just over the years they've gotten kind of polished from wear and tear. Mm-hmm. But I've had students photographing up on that third floor, and they'll put an image up, and they'll go, there's something weird about this, but I don't know what it is. And then certain times in the afternoon, the sun comes in the window, big window, small room, bounces off the floor, and the shadow of the shelf is above the shelf because the light source becomes the floor. And in our universe that you and I are living in right now, shadows fall down. Right. They don't fall up. So until you make that conscious recognition of, oh, the shadow is actually above the shelf. That's what's weird. And it's, it's not a hard black shadow, but it's just clear that the light's reflecting off the floor. And so you've got this wonderful building that faces kind of southeast, I think. Mm-hmm. So you've got great morning light, great afternoon light, big windows, small rooms. So you can, you can do wonderful portraits in there. You can do great still lifes in there. You can, you can uh, do the architecture itself. So it's, it's a terrific studio in many ways. It's just all kinds of different forms of whatever you bring to it and the layers of paint over the years, the wallpaper in Christina's bedroom, they've kept parts of the wallpaper. So you've got layer on layer of wallpaper. So you kind of looking back through history as you, as you look at that. Wonderful. Wow. Um, so what continues to draw you to abandoned places? Well, starting in the Olson house. Uh, I mean, again, my graduate thesis, uh, my emphasis around 1990 really switched from the landscape to the built environment, to what we as humans build. And so I photographed train stations and uh, seeing Frederick Evans' work in the cathedrals uh, moved me to try to go to England and Scotland and photograph the cathedrals, of, certainly of Scotland. And the standing stones there, the work of Paul Caponegro, they're the built and then working in the Olsen house, it, it, you know, that everybody could make such different images. You know, if you had 10 students in there, um, they would come out with completely different images, some similar to be sure. But, you know, if you spend a week in there, you, everybody's going to have a different take on it. Next, coming up, you've got the North Dakota. And then I believe... North Dakota is in 10 days. And then Erie Canal. Then the Olsen house is September 10th to 15th. Uh, and there's the, and that's run through main media workshops. That's not run through me. Okay. Uh, and there's still on your website as such. Yeah. It, it's, it, you have to register through them, but there's still room. I know there's still room in that one. So if people would like the opportunity, we'll be photographing in the Olson house for two days. And then there is Montpelier, which is Henry Knox, who was George Washington's secretary of war, retired married a woman and retired to Maine and they built a house called Montpelier. Hmm. And this is a re, um, they lived in, he died about 1819. The family lived in about 1860 when it became very decrepit and it was torn down. Um, and then the, the AR maybe rebuilt it. So what we'll be photographing in is, a rebuilt version of Henry Knox's house, but it's a classic early 19th century building. It's actually got a, the entryway is an oval room, like the oval office. Oh, wow. Uh, it's got a cellar store. It's got some neat staircases and neat light coming in these huge windows. Right. Again, it's about the light and sense of space. Right. And then we'll be photographing in a, 19, a church that was built in 1820. Oh. It still has the box pews. It's still being used as a church today. Um, so so it'll be an opportunity really to look at three types of 19th century architecture. The vernacular, uh, the Olsen House, the um, formal of Montpelier, the rebuilt Montpelier, and then the religious 
of the uh, night of the 1820 church. Um, and again, it's all about light and space and shape and texture and structure. All about the spirit of the structure. So there is room. They do. There is room in that workshop, and they are still taking people to sign up for that one. Thank you again so much, Tillman, for your time today. You bet, April. Good luck. Thank you. Today we're talking to Chris from the Farnsworth Art Museum about the photography exhibit pertaining to the Olson House, the famous home made famous in Christina's World by Andrew Wyeth. It's Andrew Wyeth's 100th birthday this year, so there's a big exhibition. But in particular, um, we're interested in the photography, a little bit about the museum. Um, we have six, six buildings on the campus here. The majority of them are open to the public, and then we also own the Olson House. Right. Which is the famed site of Andrew Wyeth's um, iconic 1948 work, Christina's World. It is. The painting is just, as, a, as an art student years ago, it just, it just sticks with you when you view it. And I think for photographers, the use of the landscape and the figure and the home, I mean, I've been drawn to it for years. So when I heard the Farnsworth acquired it, I think I tried to <laughs> get out there and see it, and and it's wonderful that this oh, year yeah. you're doing a whole photography exhibit, essentially, on the Olson House. So tell us about the exhibit. We are. We're excited about that. Um, it's it's in combination with this year we do commemorate the hundredth birth of Andrew Wyeth. We have four exhibitions up currently, and then we have another exhibition that will open come uh, this uh, September and October. So um, so this exhibition is not Wyeth-related other than the connection is that that it's fair to say that when, when Andrew painted Christina's World and it was exhibited and Roma bought it and now it's become sort of this iconic image ingrained in everyone's head, even if you know very little about art, right. people will recognize that image. Right. Um, they recognize you know, the woman in the pink dress and also that house that sits on top of that knoll. And so the house, the Olson house, the museum does own that house. It is open for the public um, during the summer on limited schedules. Um, and you can certainly get all that details, get those details on the website. Um, but the exhibition is the Olson house photographer's muse. And it's an exhibition of several artists, photographers, that uh, just like Wyeth were, were drawn to that, that place. The place mm -hmm. has this spirit. It has this um, attraction that, that artists both, you know, of, of all media are attracted to this, this house, um, this sort of hallowed ground, so to speak. And it's just a beautiful setting. It sits up on a little uh, knoll looking out over the, the, the water and um, it's, it's this remarkable place. So Andrew uh, Wyeth uh, was first introduced to the Olsons, Christina and Alvaro. They were brother and sister um, in 1937. And Andrew fell in love with not only the people, uh, but also um, the, the house and the setting. And um, Andrew had a 30-year relationship uh, back and forth, a friendship with Christina and Alvaro, again, never married, brother and sister, uh, and they lived there, and they lived very frugally. It was a very tough existence. Um, you talk about sort of that New England frugality. Um, they, they, were, they worked the land, they fished the, the, the seas, and that's how... Um, they made a living, and it was Alvaro, because Christina at that point later in her life became um, essentially very limited, um, yeah. almost incapacitated by her, you know, this neuromuscular disease that uh, continued to consume her. And so, um, and he, again, he was attracted by the beauty of the people, but the beauty of the the land and the house. And so this exhibition, the photography exhibition, um, focuses on, you know, nine, nine artists, nine photographers that were part of that whole attraction uh, mm -hmm. to the space. Um, 
And it really wasn't until about the 1950s where that house began to really attract serious photographers. Um, and so, again, we have nine, nine photographers represented. Some of those early um, photography, a lot of black and white, which are incredibly elegant and beautiful images, and some in color. Um, but just, you know, they sort of revisit this place and they all approach it differently. Um, you have photographers that are deeply interested in its architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, you have others that um, are not interested in the architecture. They're interested in sort of capturing the soul of the place, um, how light wraps around uh, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon through a window around the corner of a wall. Right. Uh, wow. you, have, you have others that are focused on, um, you know, just capturing the light just uh, at the perfect time of the day. Um, so they all approach it very differently. Um, one of the photographers, um, she had a, a quote that we put into the catalog, and um, it was Eva Sombrowski, and mm-hmm. um, she uh, said, uh, you know, in, the, in this quote, she said, the house was filled with tangible emotion and light. The house was pregnant with stories and secrets. Um, you know, here is this house that these two people lived in, um, and Amazing. she was trying to bring yeah. out sort of the spirit of, 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 of that, you know, the existence of that house and, and, um, just in, in very poignant and very beautiful, uh, photographs that, that, you know, were, were pulled out during those different photo shoots during right. that time. Did, how were the photographers chosen, may I ask? Um, those photographers, for the most part, uh, not exclusively, but the majority of those photographers we had a relationship with. We knew that they were there. We knew they were photographing. Some of those are in our collection. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and others that we, um, we borrowed for, for the exhibition. Yeah, I'm familiar, um, so I'm it was a com- familiar, combination of... Yeah. With, um, I'm only really familiar with Tillman Crane's work because he does a lot of structural and black and white. Yeah. And, and yep. apparently he was one of the first, if I, if I read correctly, to have access to the home when she, the museum acquired it as far as spending That's right. Um, Tillman, time. He, yeah, Tillman, you know, we maintain a close relationship with Tillman today, and um, but he was photographed and uh, he photographed the place in 1991, and he was asked by the Farnsworth to produce uh, some images that we potentially could use mm-hmm. for the publicity of the opening of the house. Um, and he's, you know, he was particularly interested in sort of the doors and the windows and again that bending of light and sort of how that interplay of light and, and architecture and architectural details sort of dance together um, right. in, in sort of in the light. So um, Kase Rahama um, finished scent but had uh, close ties and as a boy grew up here in Rockland. Um, interesting enough, he was trained as an illustrator and worked for Walt Disney Studios. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. He was first introduced to photography by a Disney Employee Camera Club. And he realized very shortly that um, photography was his his love. Right. Uh, And he became quite quite good at it. Uh, And he was hired by Black Star Publishing Company, and his work appeared in the the country's most important and popular magazine. So, um, you know, and again, he would revisit. He started that relationship. He was introduced by Andrew Wyeth to the to the Olsons in 1951 hmm. and he would return periodically and photograph uh, again Costi was interested particularly in in the people right but he also captured the I think the spirit of of, of the you know the, the the architecture and the house and and just the beauty of, of that main landscape which is spectacular yeah it is it really is it's kind of an interesting story that the Olsen house even somewhat survived being that you know where it's located and if you know after the you know Christina and Alvaro passed away it just went up for sale I understand and took some time to kind of yes absolutely um and you know it's it's it has a remarkable history and uh fortunate that the the last uh, owners uh, donated it um John Scully and his wife of the time donated to the museum and um you know, we've over the course of the past many many years have gone through several um, restoration projects to make sure it's preserved. 
we did a fairly ambitious restoration two years ago, making sure that we put in, you know, fire um, suppression systems and, right. um, and, and uh, working with the exterior. The exterior, as you can imagine, it's a solar farm. It was, um, you know, the, the siding on it was, was cedar and pine and just takes a beating there on that knoll. Um, so close to to the water, right. and um, over time, it just continued to wear and wear. And so, um, we very um, sensitive, you know, in very sensitive way, um, restored the exterior of that uh, facade, uh, and it's now beginning to with obviously with new wood. Um, it takes a little bit of time for it to get that patination, that patina, that um, with that nice, very you know, warm sort yeah, of dark, worn, right. dark yeah. brown sort of, and it's it's in process. It'll take a few years for it to get uh, back to to what it was, but it desperately needed uh, attention. Um, and again, that's to the point about this exhibition. Photographers approach it much differently. There's some of the photographers represented in this exhibition that are focused on the smallest of details, mm-hmm. a floorboard you know, a piece of the, the siding or, um, or a trim or some sort of architectural element that, that certainly grabbed their attention. Um, and others look at it more globally, um, looking at the, the big picture, looking at the hillside, looking at the, the house. Um, again, it's, uh, it's, you, you, you've been there. Yes, yes I have. I've it's, been there. I, I came yeah. last fall and spent a lot of time photographing it and brought other photographers and, some of the photographers weren't as, um, I don't know if they were as aware of the actual, you know, the piece of artwork, you know, Christina's world as I, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I kind of, a piece is iconic to me. And so visiting the location was just, was very meaningful and, you know, but you could see everybody got out of the car and, and they were, they were drawn in different ways. And, you know, some people mm-hmm. walked all the way you know, we walked all the way down the hill. You're trying to get that kind of that angle that where he might have kind of positioned her or looking at the grass or the field. Um, you know, it's, it's just the site itself and looking through the windows, like you said, the light, the way the light comes through the windows yeah. and whatnot. It's just, it's a really, it's an icon. It's, it, I think I, I would say it's fair to say now it's an iconic location and it's fabulous that the Farnsworth is, you know, protecting it and overseeing it and yeah it's it's uh, you know it's it's a uh, something that's near and dear to us it's important to preserve um it becomes sort of this hallowed ground as i mentioned earlier um and even if you don't have any understanding or uh, recognition of the piece christina's world um there's something special about that yeah. location yeah, that really uh, there's is. just something that, that that pulls you in uh and you can have this very sort of quiet, very intimate sort of um, experience um, as you walk the rooms um, and see, you know, this this beautiful saltwater, you know, farmhouse that uh, was preserved now for for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. So there's about a hundred photographs in the collection, or. In the exhibition? No, no, it's a it's a smaller exhibition. Um, I'd say there's about maybe forty, forty five. Um, it's not. Uh, it's it's a beautifully presented exhibition. It's over at the Wyeth Center, which is the church we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's on the first floor. Um, but some of those images are really quite small, and other images um, have some larger scale. There isn't anything that's that's huge. But they're just beautifully presented, um, and the space uh, shows the, the images so well. And the photography that was selected um, by our curatorial staff was, was absolutely fabulous. Um, and each of the photographers, as we talked about, you know, approached it differently, but did it in such a beautiful way. It's such a, such a handsome show. Right, it really is. And, you know, the location continues to inspire artists of all media to this day, which is wonderful. So tell us a little bit, I, you do offer some Wyeth-centered tours, in a sense, out to the home. and We do, we do. We actually started a program last year that has become very, very popular. Um, if anybody's interested, you certainly want to 
book ahead. Yes. But we do what we call the Wyeth Experience, and they happen on Fridays during the summer. It's uh, July, August, and September, and we do them just one time a day on Fridays. But it starts here, mm-hmm. and we give uh, a fairly uh, comprehensive overview of, of the Wyeths, their work, um, our relationship with, with um, the Wyeths, particularly Andrew in this particular case, and uh, look at the exhibitions that are currently on view here, and then we take a small group uh, by van, uh, to the Olson house and we continue the story and the conversation and along the way our guys point out certain points of interest for um, the public uh, where Andrew painted and maybe a few uh, both from a landscape as well as um, some of the architecture that he uh, decided to document through his, his work uh, along the way and then we get to the Olson house and then again talk further about you know, his relationship with the family and, you know, his relationship with that land. Uh, right. and said that that relationship continued for 30 years. Each each year he would return during the, the summer and he would paint. And he was, you know, attracted to Christina and Alvaro. Um, and he was also attracted to, to, you know, what that house had to, to, to say yeah and that 30 um, and years, so we, yeah 30 years of yeah and he produced you know he produced over 300 pieces uh wow. he produced over 300 pieces during that 30-year relationship with with that house and with the family so um and so the tour um will culminates over at the at the olsen house and um it's a short trip from the museum about maybe 25 to half hour and it's 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 a beautiful uh, and wonderful tour. So certainly encourage anybody to to take advantage of it. But certainly call ahead because uh, we're book it online because they right. do fill up they do fairly, fill up fairly quickly. quickly. Oh, definitely. Yep. And if if you know people don't want to take the the full tour, we do have um, uh, tours um, that are presented by uh, a house guide that's there at the Olson House on a prescribed schedule and again you can check on the website to get the details of, of how that works so people can visit it with a group or they can depend it you know can visit independently too mm-hmm. yeah wonderful i think it's good too that the um the home is kept real sparse i think i mean i think it adds to the you know the fact that they live close to the land frugally and kind of allows people to kind of view that space as hopefully you know maybe why viewed it as well yeah and i think that the you know the landscape certainly has changed over the course of time but for the most part um there's been some change but in some regards there's been little change um and it, it gives the public really an opportunity to see what andrew saw when he was painting and to stand in you know the room looking out the windows when he was first saw christina um, pulling herself up the hill right. uh, from the family's um, gravesite that was down over the the the, the you know the the knoll there, um, and you can kind of get a sense of the the you know what inspired him, and you can also you know in some cases at that house you can basically walk into his paintings, um, and I think that's something that's so magical. There's uh, Right now, the United States Postal Service just issued a set of stamps in commemoration of his 100th birthday, and I think it's a block of 10 stamps, and um, and in that block of those 10 uh, images is one, and it's titled uh, Christina and Alvaro, and Mm -hmm. it actually is two doors. It's a blue door and then a tan door that's recessed in the light, but it's a painting that he did of that. Uh, workshop of the shed uh, at the Olson house and um, sure enough you walk into that space you turn around and there you're confronted with with the painting in real life which is which is kind of a uh, an interesting an interesting opportunity to basically become part of the painting right yeah and the website for anyone is barnsworthmuseum.org to take a look at the hours what's happening and to sign up for any of those Wyeth so 
visit the website. All right, great. Check it out. So appreciate your great. time today. Thank you so much, Chris. All right, thank you. I'm a working writer. I've, um, I've got a lot of novels and nonfiction books, but um, I'm really working primarily on novels these days. So, um, you know, so that's sort of my love, I guess. It's not entirely coincidental that my name is the same in that from an early age when we moved to Maine, um, you know, I knew about the painting and I knew about the name of the woman in it. And when I travel around and talk about the painting, I have this slideshow that I, where I show kind of all these connections that I had to the painting early on. But, um, but eventually it was that a friend and I, as adults, after my novel Urban Train came out, were talking about uh, artist muses um, as a topic, sort of as a topic mm-hmm. that writers sometimes approach. And um, she just out of the blue mentioned that she'd seen the painting at the Museum of Modern Art, and it made her think of me, and I'm not exactly sure why. I, I just had this immediate sense that I would do it, that, I, that it was the right topic for me. So anyway, that was just really interesting. You know, much of the book is based on true facts. A lot of it is. I tried as much as possible to stick to the facts of the stories as well as I knew them uh, and learned them. So, um, uh, you know, so it, it really was um, a, a difficult story for me to tell because I was writing about real people. I wanted to tell as much of a true story as possible. So it just made it triply hard to do that. Um, but it was also worth it in the end. With this title, A Piece of the World, um, until the very end, it was called, the book was called Christina's World. And then my publisher said, uh, we can't call it Christina's World because people will think it's a memoir. So I had to regroup. And there's a line toward the end of the novel where um, the woman in the painting is, spec- is sort of musing about her life. And she says, um, this this land, this house, this field, uh, you know, this, this view may only be a small piece of the world, but it is the entire world to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the title Piece of the World came from. Um, it felt like that was pretty accurate about her world view. Um, even so, I don't think it's the best title. I, I don't. I couldn't think of anything better. But the problem with it is, it's a little bit. Um, there are a lot of titles where you have a collection of words that don't um, that are hard to remember. It's not. It's not exactly concrete. A piece of the world. Um, it feels like it could be about a lot of different things. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. I've got Rayette joining us from Wyeth by Water. That's W-Y-E-T-H-S by Water. And I believe the website is also, well, the website's actually under lindabeansperfectmain.com. And I'll have that information in the show notes as well. So any of you interested in booking the boat tour and finding out more about it can check the rates and schedule. But I want to go ahead and get started with Rayette. Thank you for joining me, Rayette, today, all the way from Maine by phone. Very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, It's a gorgeous day here in Maine, although we did have to cancel the tour because of fog. Um, It didn't want to seem to let up today. But every day this week and and, uh, the, the near future are looking like some really great days. So we go out on our tours at 2 o'clock, and then we get back in at 4.30. We go Monday through Friday, from, um, and we focus on um, different areas where the Y is painted here in Maine. Um, the uh, tour on our, our Monday tours and Thursday tours are what we refer to as the Cannibal Shore, um, and those are area the area outside the, uh, the Port Clyde from Port Clyde up to Tennant's Harbor, where NCYF and Andrew uh, went and painted uh, along the roadways. So there are sites along the roadways that they painted, and plus a lot of um, um, excuse me, a lot of um, <clears throat> areas along the shoreline where they painted. Um, and part of the part of that shoreline is fairly rough. 
and uh, NCYF had a little bit of a situation there many years ago when he was painting where the there was a bit of stormy seas and he almost got washed away. Um, so he referred to his painting as the Cannibal Shore. Um, how how rough it could be. So it's so it's a, it's a, it's great fun seeing where where he actually did these things. Um, and that goes out to Southern Island, which is a lighthouse, um, a restored lighthouse, which um, Andrew's wife Betsy purchased back in 1979, along with another island, Allen Island. Um, and she restored the lighthouse, and her and Andrew lived there for approximately 12 years. And now their son, Jamie, um, calls the lighthouse home. So we can see that from the water, and there's the, the original bell tower and the lighthouse itself. So that's that's a lot of fun seeing that. And then on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, we actually go out around and visit the Allen Island and Benner Island, which is the next island to, to Allen that Betsy acquired back in 1989. And we see what she's done there. As her homestead is there, that's where she she has been coming back and forth since um, since she built that in 1989, um, and she is still visiting with us at 95 years of age. Oh my She's goodness. still visiting with here in Port Clyde and comes in May and leaves in October. Um, so that's quite exciting to see what she's done. Um, we also visit what's called Herring Gut right here in, in Port Clyde, and we can see the Eight Bells, the home that NC purchased back in the 1920, in 1920 when he first came here and where the family was raised. And then we see some of the islands, uh, Teal Island, the Caldwells, all of those islands which um, he and Andrew um, have painted have painted over the years. The last tour we do is we go up the river into Cushing, and we get a view of the Olson House, which is the the farm in the the famous painting Christina's World. Mm-hmm. Wow. So those are what our tours now. In addition to that, we we do pull a few lobster traps. Um, so that people get a, a great sense of, oh, Port Clyde is a wonderful lobstering port, um, is a working working port, and so the majority of boats in there are lobster boats, and that's and we have a co-op and uh, another wharf, um, Mindabeans Wharf, where the lobstermen sell their lobster. So we um, pull some lobster traps and show people how that's done and and uh, when we can keep them and when we can't, and a little bit about the history of lobstering in Maine. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. So is the gallery is. still going there in uh, Yes, Clyde? yes. And we, right, we have the gallery. Um, the gallery's been open. This is our third season with the gallery. And so it works very, very well with the tourists because in, in the gallery, we have, we carry a lot of prints. Um, some of them are, are outdated prints. Um, we have framed, non-framed, signed prints by uh, Jamie and Andrew. Um, and um, so a lot of the prints are actually um, some of the places that we go and see. Mm. Um, so we can go out on a tour and I can show you, um, you know, this is Teal Island. This is where he, um, you know, Andrew painted off Teal Island. And, and then you could, you can go into uh, the gallery and see some of those, some of those prints we have there. So it's kind of quite fun. Oh, that is. Um, I use a lot of books or images so that people can, you know, compare the painting with the area right there so they can sort of see it, actually right. see where they, where they did paint. So. So yeah, so it's it's quite a lot of fun. Um, we do have people that have been back for all three tours, so that to me that's kind of exciting mm-hmm. that they that they've um, that they've enjoyed them. Being out on the water is is quite nice. We've we've seen a lot of seals this season. Oh wow! Um, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of seals, and uh, so so it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, when you really get down to it, it's pretty so, to see it from the water. Yeah. Just a different view. Yeah, right, right. And, and Port Clyde itself, as you know, is is just uh, walking down the street, um, going to work in the morning. I just stop lots of times and think, what a wonderful picture. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's just such a wonderful, wonderful picture. And it'll be either the sun coming up or, or lobster, a fleet of lobster boats or all sorts of different things. And we do have a lot of people that are, are very excited about the, the, the top photographic images um, on the tours. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of the people really, yeah. As, as you know, so there's a lot of wonderful area where where people can take some really, really fantastic photos of this part of the state. The three YS that we focus on, but there's also other the other family members are also prolific artists, Carolyn, Henriette, and uh, Anne, mm-hmm. uh, industry sisters. And I are also Jamie, um, quite, quite. I think it's Jamie's daughter that does some art, too. I don't know if she's. No, Jamie has no children. Oh, okay. His brother Nicholas, Nicholas. Oh, okay. His brother Nicholas has a daughter, Victoria, and she um, is more into, I believe, a photographer, and she does work a lot of lectures and work with the Brandywine down in Chaz Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. And she does a lot of a lot of wonderful lectures about her grandfather. So yes, this year was Andrew's one hundredth birthday. So they're actually um, <clears throat> the U.S. Post Office actually put out a set of um, twelve different wife uh, painting stamps, um, and those were issued on on that day. Um, and so those are now available um, for any wife buffs that would like some some of the paintings is um, then, then the stamps are available. Um, so that was one really exciting thing that happened. And the Brandywine um, River Museum in Conservancy in Chad's Ford um, has a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, has a, a retrospective of Andrew's work. Right. The Farnsworth Museum here in Rockland um, has a, um, two or three exhibits and then there's one with a lot of photography um, photographs and so it's uh, the the museum has some wonderful wonderful um andrew wyatt's work out for the till through december i believe the farm's what it is and so, how late how late do the um, boat tours tend to run or is it just going to depend on the weather and the season the 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 tours the boat tours our tours yeah yeah, our tours are running through October 9th. Oh, nice. So we go through Columbus. Yeah, we run through Columbus Day weekend. Um, we still have great weather um, in the fall. And uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're, um, we're booking tours right through October 9th. Oh, nice. So you're going out yeah. several days a week then? Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much almost every day. So how long have you been leading the tours? I've been doing the tours... Um, the first two years of the tours were, uh, we did, uh, three day, three day weeks. And so I did the, the tours three days. And then, so, um, now we do them full time. So I've actually been doing the, the tours since the inception. Oh, wonderful. Um, I just started when, when Linda Bean, our, uh, who who's, was the initiator of the tours? Um, she has a, a Wyeth collection, and she knew Andy Wyeth and knows Jamie. And um, she she also has a love of the Port Clyde area, and uh, has lived here for many many years. Um, and just thought it would be great fun for people to get the perspective from the water of some of these areas, because a lot of them you can't see from from the road, especially the islands. Mm-mm. So she, uh, when she decided to do the tour, she wanted it done in a, in an original Maine lobster boat, um, and so uh, she had hired Dennis Light as her captain, and he went and found the boat, our, our boat, and it's a forty-two foot lobster boat, and it was built in Maine, um, down in Powell, Maine, by a boat builder by the name of Royal Lowell. Mm-hmm. who uh, was quite, quite well-known uh, lobster boat designer. Um, and uh, so it's an all-wood boat. And so we have a lobster hauler on it. <clears throat> so it's, it's authentic. It's, it's a, it's, that's what it was built for, and that's what it's done most of its life. And now it's a, it's a tour boat. And Port Clyde is just such a wonderful, you know, small fishing village with the, you know, just... As Maine used to be, I'm sure for most of Maine, you know, just a small little 
communities and everyone. Right. It's, it's still one of those pretty much untouched areas. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of development there. It's pretty, still pretty much originally, you know, the original Port Clyde as it, as it was. A few things have changed, but um, but not any massive commercialization or anything like that. So it's um, quite lovely. And then, of course, there's the trip out to Monhegan from the ferry dock right down in Port Clyde. And that's that's another um, wonderful opportunity for photographers um, is the um, the island out there. And it's, what, 10 miles out. Mm-hmm. And you go out on the ferry and, and you get to walk these wonderful trails. And uh, there's, there's uh, uh, they have a museum out there now. Oh, nice. A very nice museum, yeah, very nice museum. And uh, so that's another great opportunity for people that are that are looking for, you know, some real photographic opportunities is, is to go out to Monhegan for the day, and the ferry goes out for the day. Of course, after October, it only goes out once a, uh, once a day for three days a week. So (laughs) the season season is, is is limited there. So, but, uh, but that's a, that's another wonderful place to visit that, that hasn't been touched by um, progress. Uh, Thank you very much for your time today, Rayad. It's wonderful to speak. Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) You're very welcome. We hope to see you back here soon. Yes. I want to come back. It, It was so much fun to go out for the day and photograph and stay in Port Clyde. It's just, you know, and, and just beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful. You can see yeah. why the Wyeths were so, you know, they continue to be inspired by the area. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is, and that's what it is. Every day, it's just a, it's just another beautiful, even, even when the fog rolls in, mm-hmm. it still has a, it still has a, a charm to it that you, you sort of sign and go, oh, yes, this is wonderful. Right. I'm glad I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I'm lucky, so lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Rhea. Every day. Well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I hope to talk to you soon. Yes, definitely. All right, wait. Okay. This was Rhea with YS for the Water. And again, I'll include the website address if you'd like to book a tour. And thank you again for joining us on Eyes for the Road.